Scandal in the Biden campaign. In his recent interview with Mika Brzezinski, Biden was outed to a shocked nation as a creepy pervy perv who preys on young women. Even more embarrassingly, several viewers noticed that Biden's makeup artist had forgotten to cover up the expiration date clearly tattooed on his forehead. Igor McMortelstein, local funeral home director and Biden's makeup artist, took responsibility for the embarrassing mistake and tendered his resignation to the campaign. As a result of the gaffe, we now know that Biden clearly expired on the 23rd of April 2015, contrary to official campaign statements insisting he had at least a couple years left. As a result, it seems he's put thousands of Americans, including women whose hair he sniffed, at risk for salmonella poisoning. The DNC responded by apologizing for this oversight and then went to the basement to thaw out a fresh Biden clone to run against Trump. This is Joel Berry. You're listening to the Petty Profit Podcast. Good morning. Hello and welcome to the Petty Profit Podcast, where we talk about news, culture, and politics from a Christian worldview. And uh, I added a little bit of satire. And I, I've been getting letters saying, hey, we missed the satire. You should put the satire back in. So um, so there you go. It's back in. I bet you're sorry now. But I hope everyone out there is doing well. Um, we're hanging in there over here in Toledo, Ohio. Um, the weather has been great the last week. Uh, unfortunately, our governor extended the stay-at-home order and guidelines for another month, which was pretty crushing for everyone to hear, but we continue to press on. Also, if you're new to the podcast, uh, the Petty Profit Podcast is a uh, cultural commentary and satire show. Uh, we talk about things from a Christian perspective, a Christian worldview. I release two episodes a week, uh, one on Tuesday, which is a solo episode hosted by me. That's what you're listening to now. And then on Thursday, I release what we call the weekly man hug. And that is a discussion between me and my brothers. We'll pick a topic or several topics and we'll, uh, we'll do a deep dive. We'll, we'll discuss it. We'll joke around and uh, we have a good time. So if you're new, uh, be sure to come back Thursday for the man hug as well. But all joking aside, I guess we're going to get serious now. I, the, the thing that I want to talk about today is a serious one, and it comes from what we've seen in the news over the last several weeks as, as tensions are continuing to rise over these forced lockdowns, these shutdowns, these stay-at-home orders. Uh, we're seeing more protests at uh, the courthouses or the, the state buildings of, of state capitals. We're seeing protesters uh, armed holding AR-15s, and it got me thinking about some things. You know, a little while ago, I released a podcast episode called Second Amendment Extremist, where I talked about the Second Amendment and why uh, I'm kind of a, a purist when it comes to the Second Amendment, why I'm, you could call me an extremist when it comes to the Second Amendment. And, uh, well, I'm going to kind of show my cards here once again. I want to talk about the crazy people who built America and the crazy people who, if we get in trouble... If the American experiment is in danger, the, the people who just may save it. Now, over the last two months of lockdown, we've been treated to various displays of what we might call extremism. On the fringes of American religious life, for example, we've seen flamboyant Pentecostal pastors and devout Reformed churches 
defy local stay-at-home orders with physical Sunday gatherings. And likewise, in politics, we watch as militia members protest COVID lockdowns on courthouse steps, waving Gadsden flags and armed with AR-15s. And what you see, or at least what I've seen, is that these people have been almost universally derided by people in the mainstream from all across the religious and political spectrum. I've seen Christians mocking a pastor as he's fitted with an ankle monitor after illegally gathering on Sunday. One comment I read said, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Likewise, in the world of politics, the gun-toting rednecks on the steps of the state houses have been condemned by conservative pundits and politicians alike. And I gotta say, I gotta admit, that bothers me a little. You know, by contrast, the vast majority of mainstream America is obediently complying dutifully looking to updates and executive orders from governors and wearing homemade COVID masks at grocery stores. Just yesterday, I went to a hardware store to find hundreds of people wearing masks, practicing social distancing, waiting in line quietly. In fact, the only person I saw without a mask was a grizzled Vietnam vet who looked like he was in his 70s. (laughs) And of all people, I'd say he's probably earned that right. But my experience at the hardware store is a good illustration of the breakdown of our American population. The vast majority of us are easygoing, more than willing to cooperate and do the generally accepted right thing, and that's by no means a bad thing. I thank God for those people. They keep things generally peaceful and stable. But then there's that 3% who routinely defy convention. They are passionate and crazy, and I thank God for them too. And I don't think it's our place to deride them. Disagree with them? Sure. Question them? Absolutely. Look down on them? I don't think so. The reason I think that is because America was founded by political and religious extremists. Long before mass migration to well-established colonies in America, a small group of Protestant separatists who refused to sing from the hymnal or recite the creeds of the Church of England, set sail for an untamed land to worship the way their own consciences dictated. They risked their lives and the lives of their families to follow God. They died of illness. Half of them did. And they knew that was a risk. They set out anyway because there was something they were pursuing that was more precious to them than even this earthly life. That's extreme. On the political side, our American Revolution was sparked by political extremists. Well before the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence and managed to unite the colonies in rebellion against the British crown, a fringe group of militiamen called the Sons of Liberty was founded by a young radical named Samuel Adams. They crept onto British ships to throw their cargo overboard. They tarred and feathered loyalists. And what sparked such violent insurrection? What caused these men to plunge their entire nation into war? It was a British tax on stamps, the Stamp Act. Kind of an extreme reaction, wouldn't you say? You know, Puritans were soundly condemned as fools and kooks by well-meaning, moderate Christians attempting to reform the Church of England within the rules from the inside. Samuel Adams' ragtag gang of patriots was also condemned by peace-loving colonialists and loyalists. So who was right and who was wrong in their day? Without the hindsight of history, it would be difficult to answer that question. 
But there's a reason why these extremists are looked upon more kindly today than they probably were back then. And the reason is they were right. They weren't perfect. Their beliefs and their methods should be open to criticism, but they were right. They were willing to do the right thing before anyone knew it was the right thing. History is made by people such as these. So how will future generations look at the people defying convention and social norms in our current day? Well, I have no idea. Only time will tell. We don't know how this is going to turn out. But I think we at least owe it to ourselves to closely observe what today's contrarians are saying. Are they right? I don't know. Perhaps we should at least listen to their arguments and see if there is any truth in what they say. Devotion to truth has an incredible way of cutting through the cultural noise. And now is a good time for us to examine our beliefs, why we hold to them, and what we would sacrifice for them. During his doomed presidential campaign in the 60s, candidate Barry Goldwater said this, Extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. Moderation in pursuit of justice is no virtue. It's a terrifying thing to swim against the current, knowing that you may be wrong, that you may fail, that future history books, which are written by the cultural victors, may look at you with scorn. That takes a courageous and perhaps reckless person. And I'm personally thankful for those kinds of people. Now, are the folks standing on the steps of state houses with AR-15s, are, are they kooks or are they visionaries? Are they extremists in the service of defending liberty? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. You may agree, you may disagree with what I'm saying, and that's fine. I think all I wanted to do in this is to try to extend some grace to the weirdos, the freaks, the people that are generally looked down upon for their oversized devotion to an ideal for what some might say is alarmism. Maybe it's true. But people who are truly devoted to truth should at least leave themselves open to the idea, to the possibility that the weirdos are onto something. And that's all I got for you today. This is Joel Berry. You are listening to the Petty Prophet Podcast. I am so glad you're listening. We will see you here on Thursday with my brothers Aaron and Sam for another man hug. <laughs>